Welcome to What's Next in Web3, where we look at the impact of Web3 on all areas of our life. This show is for entrepreneurs, builders, and consumers who want to discover the latest innovations in Web3 and learn where to build next. I'm your host, Brittany, Executive Director of the Stacks Foundation. Stacks makes it possible to build more with Bitcoin. To learn more, check out stacks.co. Each week, we are joined by expert builders in different industries to understand what can be built next. Shows are hosted weekly on Twitter Spaces, so join us live next time by following Stacks on Twitter. Now it's time for the show. So this Twitter Spaces series is a weekly series that we do about what's next in Web3. The goal is to work with entrepreneurs and builders and help inspire them on the new tools the new ideas, the things that are really going to drive Web3 adoption today and into the future. And today's topic, we'll be talking around DAOs. And I think we'll actually be going even a little bit further than just DAOs, but really about these digital online communities, um, being able to organize and achieve bigger ideas by the coordination, the capital raising. Um, And I'm very excited today to have um, Chris from Console DAO as well as Orlando from uh, Stacker Dow Labs um, here today to kind of talk through these things. So I would love if you guys could kick off with just like a quick introduction of um, who you are and what your tool is doing. Yeah, sure. Hey, um, thanks, Brittany. Um, yeah, my name's Chris. Most people call me Kastig, and I am building Console. We have a great team. Console is, I like to say, it's the future of community chat. So it's essentially a chat app, but we also have a suite of tools that allow communities to be super powered. And a lot of those are the types of DAO tooling you might imagine from treasury to voting and different ways that people can come together and take action. So kind of like Slack, but for Web3. Great. Um, And uh, I guess I'll just jump in. Um, So Stacker DAOs is enabling collective ownership and collective action by building a one-stop shop to create and manage Web3 organizations. You can kind of think of it as, uh, at least in our our kind of long-term vision, is to be uh, kind of a combination between Shopify and AngelList for Web3 organizations. And so uh, we're building a no-code platform in which, uh, at least initially, uh, we have three products. Uh, Ames product is basically a, a different protocol that kind of has a, like a different governance structure that you'll be able to launch on our platform um, and manage it. Uh, so including things like voting, treasury management, um, on-chain automatic execution. Um, and eventually, we'll have legal tech tools as well so that you can avail yourself of legal benefits, meet compliance obligations. And then um, also in 2023, we'll also... Um, be releasing our developer tools as well so that uh, developers and other startups can kind of build their own DAOs either on their own apps or if, you know, if there's like a a Web 2 or another Web 3 startup that's kind of focused on communities, they can kind of uh, plug into our infrastructure uh, to to launch these uh, protocols and interfaces uh, to, to help manage these protocols. And so, and just a little bit of background about me, uh, I'm Orlando, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Sacredale Labs. Uh, I'm a lawyer by background, hence uh, some of like, the legal and compliance features that we'll be adding. And then um, also uh, in, in this space as well, uh, my co-founder, Ryan Waits, is here. He's our CTO. Uh, he's the former head of engineering at um, 
Rabbit Hole, which is probably going to be the most prominent learn to earn platform. Just wanted to give him a shout out because um, I'm typically the face of Stacker DAOs, uh, and Ryan prefers to be kind of the uh, shadowy super coder in the background. Uh, but me and him have like a, have a true what I would consider a true partnership, and we kind of make all major decisions together. Um, and so I like to kind of just um, highlight him and point him out whenever uh, whenever I can. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Um... You know, I think both of you kind of touch on the fact that, like, this tooling is very important. But, you know, I want to just kind of kick off with just thinking about the market opportunity with DAOs. You know, what comes to mind to me is, you know, there was the Constitution DAO where folks tried to organize a lot of money to buy a copy of the Constitution at an auction. So that was like a very specific use case, um, you know, very short time horizon, people kind of organizing money together to try and do this audacious thing. Um, so that's sort of the short of that. But then there's also very long-term DAOs that have gained popularity, like investment DAOs. Like I think Flamingo DAO is a very popular one where um, they have a limited number of investors who've been able to participate and they build up a large collection of NFTs, um, kind of doing it as an investment club, but just thinking about having this around for a very long time, um, you know, making decisions as a group. So there's kind of a a range of, of purposes, but I think that's just scratching the surface of what DAOs can do and maybe what they're capable of. So I'd love to hear from each of you around kind of the opportunity you see of like, you know, why do DAOs matter? You know, why are they kind of the hot topic of the day? And why do they need all this tooling that you guys are building? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks, Brittany. Um, I think I'll kind of start with maybe a controversial opinion on all of this, but, um, you know, I first off just say like, yeah, you mentioned constitution now, amazing, like a miracle of technology that to me, the real thing there, and that was about one year ago, almost today, it was last November, is that in about seven days, 17,000 people were able to give money from all different parts of the world and come together and like take this very clear collective action. And I think that's like, like phenomenal and like really cool and i also think it's like really interesting that kind of hasn't happened since then i mean there's definitely a lot of things where people are crowdfunding and there's kraus house and there's people trying to buy a lot of other you know basketball teams and crowdfunding i just think we're still such in the early days of it but i do think that there's a lot of potential um but i'm not I mean, the controversial kind of thing is like i don't necessarily i don't know i i think I think it's more about communities and it's like more what communities can do with these tools. And I look to like open source communities. I look to web three communities and just try to think like how these tools can help them as opposed to like putting the tools first and thinking, Oh, these tools are going to like create some kind of, um, you know, amazing future for us. Um, so I, I'd say that's kind of, kind of what we're looking at with console and just kind of my perspective on the future is just thinking about like mission driven DAOs or mission-driven communities and like what they can accomplish together. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good point. Um, in that, at the end of the day, DAOs uh, really like kind of like any sort of organization, right? Um, you're dealing with people, and even though you're using blockchain technology, which by definition is minimize trust, you're still dealing with um, some sort of social interaction, which by definition kind of requires trust. And um, at the end of the day, really, it's going to be that social interaction that's going to be kind of what makes a DAO successful or not. But, um, Bernie, to your original question, um, I think 
kind of, you know, the value of DAOs really is kind of the value of just public blockchains generally. Um, and I mean, obviously there's a lot of value there, but I think I kind of always hone in on two specific things. One is uh, censorship resistance and the other one being trustlessness. I think the first uh, censorship resistance is important because, you know, this community that you create is yours. You kind of have ownership of it, right, by, by being a member. And, um, you know, it's not like a Facebook group where a Facebook could just ban your group, or, right? You can't like, and you can't like take your group to like Reddit or Twitter or whatever, right? Like you're kind of just locked in there. Um, and so it's important for that. And then also if you're managing a censorship resistant product or protocol, then you kind of need censorship resistant governance as well. And then the second piece is kind of a little bit more tied. So the second piece being trustlessness, I think that's a little more important for fundraising um, and things where you're dealing with capital. Um, because since we're living in a digital world now, right? Um, obviously a lot of like interactions, a lot of relationships are now developed online. Um, but un unfortunately, um, you know, if I meet someone halfway, who could potentially be halfway across the world, or maybe they're like an anonymous monkey or whatever on the internet. Um, if we're trying to get together to raise money and do something, that person could at the end of the day, cause I don't really know them, just like take all my money. Right. And so by having, by having a DAO or by like using a DAO to raise funds and take collective action, um, because you're using transparent smart contracts and things are governed by these smart contracts. Um, you, again, I don't want to say trustless per se, because you're always going to need some sort of trust when you're dealing with people and social interactions, but I would say it's at least trust minimized in that, um, you know, I know it's in the smart contract. I know the rules of the smart contracts. And I know that like, you know, depending on what the rules are and how kind of governance is structured, uh, that like, you know, you can't just like, if I deposit money somewhere, you can't just like rug me and take all my money, right? Um, and so I think in the digital world, uh, kind of trustless coordination of capital becomes a lot more important. And I think those are kind of maybe the two different, really kind of like value, kind of like value drivers that DAOs provide. And they're not mutually exclusive. Like you can have, and I think now is a good example of a DAO that kind of has both, that, that like that, serves both purpose or gets derived value from both, um, from both censorship resistance and um, trustlessness. Uh, I think, you know, from there you can think of things like networks, um, again, raising capital from people around the world digitally, um, governing censorship resistant protocols, et cetera. I guess just to jump in there, like totally aligned with a lot of those bullet points, but I think the thing in the end now of 2022 that I'm trying to make sense of as we, look towards the next year and, you know, how we spend our time as a community, whether it's the Stacks community or Bitcoin community or Ethereum community, is like all of those principles make sense that you listed. But what, what makes, I guess, like a question we could all talk about, I'd be curious, like, well, what is a DAO? <laughs> like, what is it? Like, I feel like you just listed a lot of things that are, those are like what it means to just be in Web3 or what it means, you know, like, where's the line between like, a DAO, like as like an entity, because there is a legal entity in Orlando. I think you'd be great to talk, you know, with your lawyer background to talk to talk to us about that. And I and I totally understand, of course, like the definition of what people say a DAO is, but like what really is it going to be in twenty twenty three as we move into the next year? Because all of those things are really important. But is that what's a DAO, or is that just Web three, like decentralization, censorship, resistance, organizing, all this kind of stuff? Yeah, and I think it's a, I think it's a, good, a great question, and this is where and you know people will have different opinions than I than I do um, because I agree, and I think you know 
And again, people take different routes here. Um, but this is precisely why I do think definitions are important. And it could be partly because of my like lawyer background. When I think of different organizations, I think of different types of organizations. I think they each should have definitions. And you know, I think there is a difference between any sort of like Web3 community and a DAO. Like not every Web3 community is a DAO. In fact, a lot aren't. Um, nor do I think a lot of like different startups or whatever, right? That are, are function or like communities that that are kind of have, let's say, let's say they, or, or just because you have a community doesn't mean you're a DAO either. And just because you take like input from a community doesn't mean you're a DAO, especially if like you, you're basically essentially just a startup that's kind of just taking it from your community. Um, and so the definition I like to use, um, and this is actually like what I've seen in legal contracts as well, dealing with DAOs, is an association of people um, with a common mission controlled by its members whose rules are enforced by blockchain software, aka smart contracts. Um, and I think that's kind of, and, I, and it's still pretty broad, um, but I think the difference there is that like the definite, like the organization itself is enforced by smart contracts, it's controlled by smart contracts. And so kind of like a lot of the things that have, and of course, don't get me wrong, like you're going to have off-chain activity that's going to happen as well, right? Which obviously can't be enforced by smart contracts. But then, you know, I think that's kind of like the dividing factor, basically, like is this kind of, and again, I think you just close to the name, right? Like, is this decentralized, is this autonomous, um, or is it just kind of a um, a startup that has a community and that's that's having like input from its community? Because I kind of do agree that that's basically all of Web three. Then, if you if you define DAO as just basically kind of like a startup with a community that takes input from its community. Yeah. Brittany, what, what do you think, Brittany? I'd be curious to just take your take. Yeah, well, I love the legal take on it because I do think it is kind of this amorphous idea. Um, I think we've, or, you know, in my experience, I've seen a lot of DAOs created because there's some sort of transaction that plans to take place. And, you know, in U.S. law, you typically need to have a responsible party um, if you're kind of undergoing a transaction, aggregating funds from multiple places. You know, the IRS wants to know about it. <laughs> Legal wants to know about it. So I think DAOs are kind of like the tool when you're like, oh, we want to invest together or we want to fundraise for this specific mission. Um, or we would just, maybe you just want to go just have an ongoing club, like a dinner club, and you kind of pool funds together um, and then you pay out funds. I think that's where I see it as really a tool um, I do think that your point, like decentralized communities can exist without a DAO. A DAO is sort of the tool that you use to help organize and overcome some of those, you know, traditional sticky things. Like it'd be very hard for the three of us to go open up a single bank account if there's not clear ownership of like who owns it and where do they live and what does their ID look like and who's putting the money in, where's the money coming from, all of these um, banking regulations uh, that exist and all these tax implications if we end up profiting from whatever we're doing you know who's paying tax on it is it me is it you um so that's where i kind of zoom in and, and think of it as yeah and you can do that. transactions with DAOs, but like without them you're kind of in this gray area that maybe you should have some sort of organized you know almost legal contract or, or smart contract that kind of points to ownership yeah and and to that point um for invest uh, for like investment DAOs, which are typically um, tend to be what are called investment clubs, which are which is kind of like a legal term of art in the U.S. Um, basically, it's it's actually it, and it's it's kind of only really works for investment 
DAOs and some other types of other DAOs. It doesn't work for all DAOs, but it kind of fits neatly into an LLC. Um, and literally in the operating agreement of the LLC, um, you just mentioned that you're using blockchain software for uh, both collection and governance and for treasury management. Um, and there you go. And there's your, there's your investment DAO, right? It, it kind of like what you're referring to as basically using tools um, to kind of further the LLC. And, and, and I mean, there's, there's kind of like other things uh, it gets a little more complicated because then, you know, your shit, like you're, if you're using a token, that token should probably not be transferable because then, you know, how do you legally transfer the membership units, et cetera, that gets kind of complicated, but just to kind of, um, that's a, very, like, a good example to kind of the point you're referring to there. Yeah. And um, I think LLCs are great. And I think we've seen in Wyoming, they're trying to extend that for us, you know, organizations that want to use that structure. But one of the limits is most LLCs, I think cap out at 99 members. So if you wanted to have more than that, um, you wouldn't no longer sort of fit in an LLC structure. Um, and you kind of mentioned also like an operating agreement, which usually has to do with um, allowing uh, ownership to transfer in case there is like some disruptive event or, you know, the person who's holding the keys, like they disappear. Like what is, <laughs> who owns it now? Who's kind of responsible um, there? So I do think that there's, Again, some of those legal structures are more around business or transactions, um, but they are really important when you are thinking about these. Like if 100 people come together to organize around something and there's a few parties who have access to the actual keys to the um, treasury or the amount of money, um, what happens if that person wants to leave or they disappear or they want to um, change their role? Uh, that's where it gets like a little complicated and we see things like smart contracts can help enforce some of that, but there's still this human coordination problem that comes uh, with it. Yeah. Um, I think this is really fascinating. I'd love to um, give a specific example of when I wish I had a DAO because I feel like it would be helpful maybe. And then afterwards, if you guys have maybe stories of any specific examples of like a DAO that you really like that uses some of these principles and strategies, I feel like it might help just give examples, especially for like the listeners or anyone that's new to think about like why we're doing these things. Cause in my mind, like any DAO that I really admire or, you know, whether it's like ENS or orange DAO, like different, different DAOs, I feel like they have um, a mission. And then in order to get to that mission, I, I imagine it like a, you know, they see a, a, a North Star somewhere they want to get. They use these tools to get them there. And I, I didn't experience that myself until a few weeks ago. So um, I've been working on a side project, as if I need a side project from console. <laughs> but uh, I've been collaborating with the Arcadico guys um, on a side project called Orange Fund. And Orange Fund is essentially Kickstarter using Bitcoin. And we've been kind of building this on our like weekend time the past few months and um we built it and it was all ready to go <laughs> and it is all ready to go um and then we ran into an interesting legal consideration that i unfortunately didn't uncover until last week <laughs> and also brainstorming wisdom of the crowds if we have if you're interested and want to hear more about this but um but the problem was that um our lawyer shared with us we consulted a lawyer is that um in one of the steps of the orange fund, it allows two people. So basically imagine Kickstarter to fund, you can fund a project. There's a movie. They want to raise money in Bitcoin. You can fund that with Bitcoin. 
and then the person can receive that with Bitcoin. And we thought that that would be really helpful. And we're using the Clarity smart contract language to read the wallet of where it left and where it came from. And in that way, kind of develop a cap table, right? So that unlike Kickstarter, which just kind of awards you some random prizes, we could potentially reward with equity or an NFT or a token and really kind of incentivize that person based on their contribution. We thought that was really revolutionary. I still think it has a lot of promise and we're the project's open source now. So if anybody does want to use it or continue with it, you can. We're just personally moving on because we have other things to do, but we're going to come back to it. But the reason the DAO thing came, our lawyer, there's one step in there which needs to be innovated where the money basically got held on a, a custody wallet in between. And we held it for one block, 10 minutes, where it transferred. And because of that, that's a big no-no. <laughs> big, big no-no. I, we didn't realize that. It triggers money transmission laws in the U.S., which requires yeah, a license a and all these. It's basically What's like a million dollars. It's basically like a million dollars. And it's basically like a million dollars, right? Yeah. So this light went off in my head where, you know, if, if and when we continue to work on this project, it's like being able to remove that middleman. Like this is a tool that a DAO could really could really benefit on i think of or just like web3 tools in general like and we do have some ideas for how to do that but we would need to kind of remove that that step if we could move it to a smart contract meaning that it's on the blockchain it's not controlled by any one developer but kind of like a public good that anyone could access like that would kind of be one example of that step but i think it was really interesting to go through that process and see and i was like oh, these are the kind of like innovations in business like that could be possible where a lot of the world right now, you know, has these transmission laws and these protection laws to really protect us from the, you know, the thing that we saw the past few weeks at FTX, for example, where one person, if they have that middle wallet, could clearly, you know, take over or disrupt or could get hacked and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, very clear to me. I thought that was like a really good lesson. Yeah, we actually... Um... And don't get me wrong, I think they're they're great and doing great stuff. But I remember from conversations we had with DLC Link, um, they suggested for us that we kind of have like basically do something similar where basically something takes custody. So I would like to, to kind of have to kind of enable um, DAOs to raise Bitcoin. And immediately I was like, absolutely not, um, no way. Also, I just like frankly, you know, don't want to take custody of anything. Uh, but just, yeah, exactly like you mentioned, all the money transmitter laws. And I actually think that's where SBTC is going to be huge, right? Because um, all that can just be automated but, away. And yes, just... that's exactly. So thank you for saying that. That's exactly what we said. We're going to wait for SBTC, which if, if nobody knows, I guess maybe Brittany can tell us more about that. But I don't want to sidetrack the conversation. But we were like, <laughs> mm, SBTC is going to solve this. We're just going to wait because it's <laughs> legally complicated right now. So For this, yeah, we're exactly. saying SBTC is... Um... The ability to you know lock bitcoin onto the chain using a smart contract through stack so uh, it's coming soon some announcements are coming in the next two weeks about this so <laughs> stay tuned on that but yeah yeah well so jumping back in so you know orlando are there is there a use case that comes to mind for you is there someone doing this that you're you think it's like a good example i'm curious to hear yeah i mean i'm probably biased because it's well, the cheaper version is my profile picture, but I'm a huge now Sal stan. Um, and I, I always mention them as kind of like the doubt that I think is just like absolutely killing it. And I think like, it just like, it makes a lot of sense. I do think though, however, it's not that replicable. You know, I think you only kind of have like one or maybe a few nouns. Um, and if no one knows what nouns is, nouns is, a, is like a PFP NFT project that um, was really one of the kind of, 
it definitely wasn't the first, but I think like one of the big NFT products that really pioneered uh, the CC0 IP license. And what this means is that like, it's copyright is given to the world. Um, so like you can kind of, anyone can just take any of it and just do whatever they want with it. And basically it's an, there's a protocol, it's an auction. Um, and so every day there's an auction um, for that, that like basically mints or where people bid on um, a new nouns NFT um, and then someone buys it and then that revenue goes into the DAO's treasury and then that treasury is then used to then fund various projects in the nouns ecosystem. Um, and, and they do a few things that I like um, there. And again, probably biased here, but they use the compound governance um, um, like DAO structure, voting structure, which is actually one of our products is actually modeled after the same governance structure. Um, and what this does is it allows delegation, it's automatic ex uh, proposal execution. And basically what they're doing is leveraging their network, right? Leveraging the, the network in the DAO to basically just memify the crap out of nouns, right? So um, there's just one project I got a grant that made like these really nice now like real life glasses. And so I actually like bought one of these um it was like it was like actually you get like the nft you like redeem the nft for the actual glasses but basically just doing all this kind of like open source stuff around nouns um including like dow generators um certain like nft infrastructure and um again really just kind of like meaning the hell out of out of nouns and it's just been incredibly successful um in terms of just like getting nouns out there and making it kind of this like major cultural force um and i think what, so again, so the, the reason why I like it is because a kind of going back to what, you know what the reasons why I think you want to form a DAO trustlessness. So you have this like massive treasury that's being managed in this like decentralized, permissionless uh, way by by its members, by people who hold the noun. Um, and again, you don't really have to trust other noun holders. You don't have to trust. Um, and there's like no multi sig or anything. Like literally, you know, whoever votes, like the holders vote, and like that's what happens. And so again, completely trust like it's it's the protocol management and the treasury is, is trustless it's it's trustless and um it's leveraging kind of these like network effects um um pretty beautifully in my in my opinion so they're they're always like my kind of like north star for DAOs. Um, I, I would highly recommend people to check it out there's also a good amount of like other DeFi DAOs that um this is like maker um compound they're pretty good if you want to see uh where DAOs can get very contentious um like right now with maker doubt so if you don't know maker is just like a DeFi protocol for um kind of like borrow or for minting a stable coin so you can like lock up eth and then borrow die um and they've had some wild just like governance fights um but um that's kind of like another i think like, very interesting doubt but um again if i could like just choose one i think now sounds always the one that i that i pick i think it's just like crushing it i love it i've seen you at a stack party with those those cool now yeah. I will yeah. say they're pretty dope. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen also, you know, you know, Stacks Foundation is a nonprofit. We think about how can we allocate resources to serve our mission, uh, you know, getting more builders um, adopting Stacks technology and building on Bitcoin. But I have seen some DAOs that almost operate like nonprofits where they have a larger mission and they try and aggregate funds to fund that. Um, there was actually, I was on a panel uh, at Miami Web3 with Deep Climate, and they're structured as a DAO, and their goal is to be able to create data transparency around um, climate change and weather data. So they're kind of helping aggregate all that data in one place and then being able to open source 
those data sets um, to anyone to use for free, to use in research, to use in studies. So it's kind of a very clear mission going back to what you mentioned, Chris. Um, and it's not organized for profit, uh, but it is organized for like public benefit or like public goods. And so any funds that they would kind of take in um, go towards supporting that mission, uh, but being able to keep those data sets, you know, robust and free. So I do think there's some emerging ones as well of like, uh, you know, the panel is about like, can crypto save the world? And a lot of people mentioned um, DAOs as kind of the tool. Maybe it's like the next innovation of a nonprofit, <laughs> like thinking about creating public good uh, through this type of organization. But like, where else do you guys see, you know, so those are some of the examples that exist today, but where do you imagine like DAOs going in the future? Like these organizations, maybe they've been around for five, six years. The original DAO and the original DAO hack, you know, were very famous, but I think uh, we really haven't seen the level of innovation yet from these tools, um, partially because it's kind of hard to organize it, you know, it's kind of unclear how do you navigate some of these legal boundaries but like what do you think the potential is you guys are clearly building this space like what are the things you hope to unlock by creating these tools or by making it easier for communities to engage so Vi um, vitalik actually recently wrote uh, about this um but it, it was probably i don't know maybe like it's like like two or three blog posts ago but um he he kind of wrote how um what, uh, he was he's discussing DAOs and kind of the things I guess like maybe like kind of like their value prop in his eyes. And one of the things that he mentioned was um, basically DAOs, especially kind of these more network DAOs, like DAOs are kind of like creating or, or managing a network. Um, they allow for capital to be allocated um, in a way that like because they're not I mean necessarily well they're not necessarily profit maximizing. Getting to kind of your point, Brittany, where, um, again, like they don't have to necessarily be right for profit, um, but in a way that also maximizes its network where, you know, because you may have, especially if it's like a large DAO, I mean, you may have like thousands of people um, who can kind of bring in or source potentially like different opportunities. Um, this like one kind of like pool of capital can kind of can be deployed in ways and reach people that let's say like a for-profit let's say investment fund or even with a company just like wouldn't do because again it's not really it's not maximizing profit right and i think um so so and i think there are two areas here that um it, at least for this kind of like value prop where you can potentially see maybe where th this can go one is in um kind of research into pharmaceuticals and therapeutics. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know like how much people here know about just like kind of like bio, like kind of like the state, the state of bio, biomed um, and biotech. Uh, and I'm no expert in this, but I, like, but basically um, a lot of kind of the fringe development going on is very specific, right? You kind of have like, they're, they're kind of targeting very like localized genes, et cetera. Um, and a lot of this like research and development and these drug treatments are very expensive. Um, and so a lot of the pharmaceutical companies just won't put in the capital to kind of develop a lot of potential like life-saving drugs because um, a lot, essentially there are a lot of disease, diseases where you just don't have um, a lot of patients that kind of like get these diseases, they're pretty rare diseases. Um, and so if they're pretty rare and you don't basically you don't have a large customer base, right? Your total addressable market is pretty small and you're just not going to like fund these, this drug development. Right. And so here's an example where, you know, you may have, and you do have these DAOs actually that are kind of 
trying to solve this problem and basically leverage kind of like in a nonprofit way, these different networks and these different pools of capital so that like, you know, yeah, maybe a certain drug would be profit maximizing. Maybe like your resources can be used elsewhere if you want to maximize profit, but maybe you have a bunch of people who like they themselves, they know someone, they have someone close to them that has like these, this like rare, really messed up disease um, and are willing to contribute like funds into a pool and that now, um, and other people hear about it and they're willing to fund it as well and kind of like deploy funds to research and development for that specific drug. And so it can kind of help kind of like, again, like create, solve this problem where things aren't profit maximizing, but probably utility maximizing. Um, and I think another area where you see this as well is kind of just with startups as well. So VCs by their very nature are looking for like, right, the, the unicorn, the deca unicorn, like the deca corns, right? But like, there's a lot of good companies that we, and Brittany, I know you, you, you know, you've worked in, you, you were initially, you, or you were previously VC. I'm sure you've probably seen a lot of companies that you probably thought could have like, you know, could eventually have like a hundred million dollar market cap or something. Right. But that's like, not, that's like basically by definition, a non-investable company for a VC, even though you think it's a pretty, it's solving a pretty good problem. It's just not, it's addressable market just isn't, you know, a billion dollar plus. Right. Um, and so again, I think one thing you may see in the future are kind of um, DAOs or, yeah, DAOs that kind of help to kind of solve this gap between profit maximizing and utility maximizing. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think it's like everything doesn't have to be a super huge company to be important. <laughs> and so creating these, these different ways to do it, um, even when you think about the longevity of some of these uh, projects, maybe they have like a specific mission and the goal is to do the work and then wind down the project at a certain point, you know, like purposely put yourself out of business if you achieve your goal or you reach, you know, some state of um, equilibrium. So I do think that's great. How about you, Chris, turning the question of, you know, kind of what potential and, and future do you see with these, uh, with this new tooling and servicing? Um, yeah, I think the investment thing that, you know, that Orlando mentioned is interesting. Um, I've, I've been just trying to have a fresh mind of what the future is going to look like because I don't think it'll look like the past exactly. And, um, you know, I'm a part of the Y Combinator Orange DAO, which is, I think, the biggest investment DAO. As you know, there's this really interesting, um, yeah, report that had a list of the biggest investment DAOs. I was kind of surprised that we were the number one up there with Alliance. Um, and I'm in that one, but I'm, I'm also just like, now six months into that experience and i love it and the people are super smart and like everything's amazing in certain ways but i i just do wonder like if the downness helps us or just makes things chaotic sometimes um like we do have voting we have a token and it just kind of reminds me a little bit of um other syndicates like on angelus that i've been a part of where it's, I mean, it's nice to have my voice and to feel like I have a voice, but at the end of the day, there's also leaders of that DAO, and there's also leaders of almost every single DAO that's out there. I think there's this misconception that the word decentralized means, and autonomous mean that there's like just this floating swarm of bees who are like queenless and just like in the space or something. Um, but every DAO I'm part of is very, there's for leaders for sure. Um, and I, so I think, I think that's like the current state of where we're at. And I, I think it's interesting to play with. I think we're just learning so much. And so as far as like the next, the future of where, of what's exciting. I, yeah, I do think there'll be more, I do think there'll be more investment stuff. I think right now 
the word crypto, people aren't don't want to touch it because <laughs> it's like not good. So in some ways, I think of new investments for the next six months. I probably wouldn't start a DAO because <laughs> I think like it's just, you know, or you need to do it with like really like minded people. So um but the the just the kind of future I think that we're touching on, um, you know, I think these ideas of just collaborating using these tools just comes comes to mind for me. And I'm just I guess I'm just excited to see what people are going to build. And so, um, yeah, just just kind of optimi- uh, um, optimistic for um, I, I, what I see is like just the continuation of open source code, really, to like open source the world. I mean, I think that's in a way what you know, Orlando's talking about um, with, you know, kind of like opening, I mean, it's like, we're opening up access to things. That's really, it's like, you know, that idea of um, like power to the people or something, you know, it's like, you know, we're trying to make these things more democratic. We're trying to take power away from centralized authority. Um, But I also don't think it's 0% or 100%. I think it's like, you know, maybe it's like a, just imagine like five, like percent direction to the right you can walk a little bit to the right into the future i think it'll be a gradual um a gradual shift but I, but i think that there's a lot of creative um potential so i think it's going to be an interesting 2023 i'm already forecasting next year <laughs> but yeah i'm excited Dow summer yeah I, I, summer. <laughs> yeah go ahead Orlando. yeah Oh, no, I, was gonna, I was just gonna say that i agree with all that and going to um the kind of like leadership point um, I actually mentioned this in, in a space, I think maybe like two weeks ago or something. But I mean, if you just think about like your own friend groups, right? Um, let's just take like, let's say you're in a friend group of like 10 people or like a group chat with 10 people and you guys are trying to organize something or do something or like go somewhere, get tickets for something, get dinner, whatever it is. Usually maybe like tops, you'll have three people that are actually doing the work. Everyone else is just freeloading, right? Um, that like any other community organization is no different, right? You're going to have people who are going to actually do the work. And the vast majority of people like, may have some input, may like vote on some things, but they're kind of just like mostly freeloading, right? Um, and I think DAOs are no different, um, you know, so t- totally agree there. And, and I do also agree that, and you didn't say this explicitly, but I think you kind of like, I think um, kind of touched on this is that um, I, I also agree that I, I, I don't think DAOs, um, like you, sh- like, like you, don't, you don't necessarily have to have a DAO or be a DAO. Or like if you're a Web3 project, you like there are many reasons why you shouldn't necessarily be a DAO. You really need to think like what's your use case, um, what you're trying to optimize for, what's your mission. And if, or I guess I start with your mission first and then um, does a DAO, would a DAO further that mission as opposed to kind of some other sort of um, organizational structure or some kind of traditional structure. Um, well, yes, you know, in Web3 trying to do new things and do things differently. There are also just, you know, reasons why some certain, we've been doing certain things for like, centuries um and so you know just like i would say avoid the temptation of just forming a dao just because you feel like it's web3 and you have to form a dao and stick with the thing you're supposed to do um and instead just make sure it kind of aligns more with um your mission and helps it actually further your mission yeah so you hear that like dao's are fun but they are also <laughs> are very specific and and they can um, require a lot of, you know, coordination, a lot of people organizing. Um, and on that note, I'd love to actually just real quick at the end um, for each of you to kind of talk about um, your tooling. You know, if someone has already 
started a DAO or they're part of a decentralized community, um, how your tooling can help them. Because I know it is uh, usually a lot more work than people expect and kind of that cord of messaging and organizing is not very easy to do. So I'd love to, um, for you guys to kind of plug what your tool does and maybe how people can use it uh, to solve their problems. Is that for us or is that for people in the audience to come up and share? That's for you guys, yeah. yeah. Oh, for us. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Who should use Consul and uh, who should use yeah. Labs and um, sure. you know, yeah. um, for them? Well, there's a lot of um, Consul members in the audience right now. So uh, shout out to uh, Brett and Hero Gamer and um, Phaser. There's a lot of people out there. So thank you for everyone who's been part of the beta. We're, we're in beta right now. Um, Consul is, you know, if you have a community, creative community, you're an artist, you have an NFT community, console is basically we're building the home and you know it's just funny but we have dow on our name and our twitter name so people call us console dow a lot which is we're just console but <laughs> but people call us console dow a lot um but you know originally like we put that in our name because we had some and maybe do have some intentions of using these dow toolings to um to become a dow right and we're in that weird space where we're trying to decide is that what we want to do to be honest like to be totally you know, in real time that's what we're thinking and um it's always been our goal to you know we're a chat platform for communities think discord think slack but private secure decentralized chat you know we're really trying to make that just like a really safe amazing experience um and, and like a beautifully designed experience for these communities to come together and take action um but uh you know to what degree we become a dao is definitely on our minds, I think we've we've held back from it a little bit. I think the idea of having a token right now just seems like kind of insane. I, I mean, and that's not putting down anyone else's project like with a token. Um, it's just like for us, like we, you know, we're a funded ten person team building a very specific app. Um, the idea of like the price of the tokenization of the console token, which doesn't exist and won't exist, not investment advice just feels a little bit like a lot, you know, to like, I mean, imagine like it was like, oh, console's up 50% randomly today. It's down 50%. Like, we don't need that distraction. Um, so, and it could be a governance token too. I understand there's different types of tokens. But um, but what I'm getting at with, um, you know, everyone in the audience right now, we are looking to co-create the future of online communities. And we want, and we are inviting people to come do that with us. So, you know, within console in the next week, or two uh, in mid-December, we're going to be launching um, a console HQ, and that will be a place to vote and curate what we all want as to be our open source decentralized home for community. And so to us, that's like the first step into becoming a DAO. It's just like starting to give voting to the group, but um, but we don't need a token necessarily to do it, at least not yet. It'll be kind of step by step. And um, yeah, we'd love if you want to come come follow us on Twitter. You can see us in the group. We're console DAO. And uh, you can go to start.console.xyz if you have a community or just, you know, reach out to me on Twitter and um, and I can help get you in, in the early beta. So. Thank you. And Orlando. Yeah, just just quickly, just kind of like something Chris mentioned. Um, you know, and, and I... I, I I feel like I don't want to be on the record saying this just because I feel like I'm going to, if I end up being proven wrong, um, you know, someone's going to like mention that I said this before, but I, I actually think DAOs um, and even tokens for kind of SaaS 
like products are just not a good fit. Um, I think it's very, and, and the reason for that is because I think like a lot of these products necessarily like kind of have to be a little centralized, like not like the open source product, like, like obviously there's open source parts of it, but then like the actual interfaces themselves, things like that, like there's just this degree of central um, centralization that kind of needs to happen. Um, at least if you want to be somewhat kind of uh, like have decent operations and stuff and like kind of like keep shipping features, et cetera. Um, and then also just like with the tokenization of it, there's like, like because of that centralization, the legal risk is kind of just insane. Um, but yeah, sorry. But yeah, so I, I kind of, I, totally like see your uh, agree with your point chris and that's why i think you don't see a lot of these kind of SaaS like projects really becoming DAOs or even having tokens for that matter um so in terms of stacker DAOs, um we've been heads down building uh, for a while uh now for like, like we haven't actually i think i've released anything publicly we've been we've had um a few kind of like different projects in private beta um and we've also have been um, running some some things on testnet, but basically we're um, we're about to announce um, our initial product offerings. Uh, we have three initial products. The first be, being uh, kind of our namesake. It's called Stacker DAO. The second being Clubs. The third being called uh, third is called Teams. Um, even though we're saying about to announce it, actually, if you go on our website right now and just go on our docs, it's on our Gitbook already. You can kind of read a review, uh, kind of like an overview or summary of all three. But basically, Stacker DAO. Um, and if you, anyone has ever used like MegaDAO, it's basically um, uh, a, a permissionless DAO to govern open networks and communities. And so you can use an existing token for that. Um, then Clubs actually has this like fundraising component attached to it and uses non-transferable NFTs. Um, as like club passes, and so if you have a club, if you have a club pass, you can um, submit a proposal. And if you actually deposit funds to the club, you get a non-transferable um, governance token, which is like your voting power. And then you can like distribute funds uh, or profit back to the to the to the token holders. The reason why it's non-transferable are for these legal reasons that we kind of mentioned before. Uh, if they were transferable, it would be automatically in security pretty quickly. Um, and all this, of course, is like automated, right? Like we don't take custody of anything. Um, kind of referring to Chris, going back to Chris's point, uh, we don't want to have to like go get money transmitter licenses. And then our team's product is kind of like a multi-sig tool. It's kind of like multi-sig esque. It's not exactly a, a multi-sig because it uses our kind of um, our DA, the, the DAO framework that we that we build on. Uh, but it functions similar to a multi-sig um, and can be used by like kind of like early DAOs. Um, if they ever want to up and if they ever want to upgrade to a full DAO to a stacker DAO to a club, it's actually pretty easy. Um, and so on our platform, actually, um, for the team's product pretty soon, you'll be able to, and by pretty soon, I mean like extremely soon, um, you'll be able to, it'll be actually completely public, um, and you'll be able to kind of generate it, um, and launch them and play, play, play around publicly. Um, our club's product is currently in private testnet has been so for a few months now. Um, it'll also be in public testnet probably in about uh, two weeks or so, maybe actually maybe less, but I'm just giving myself two weeks. Um, and then we're aiming for kind of everything to be public um, sometime in January. Um, we also have like a fourth product in mind. Uh, it won't be a DAO actually, uh, but potentially be like an on-chain investment fund just because we're seeing demand for this from some a good amount of customers who've been asking us for it. And then also in 2023, you'll start seeing some of our legal tech to help uh, with some of the compliance things. Uh, and then also our software development kit um for uh to, as we kind of like launch our developer tools um in 2023 as well and where's the best place for them to go to check it out 
just you can go to stackerdows.com. It's pretty bare. So we've, we've had like a new launch, uh, landing page for a while now. Uh, we just haven't um, pushed it up just because we were waiting um, for our team's launch. Um, so in about like one or two weeks, you'll be able to see kind of like, or actually probably next week, you'll be able to see like a brand new landing page of all of our information, a lot more information. But right now you can go to stackerdows.com and see our Git book, which has a lot of information. Um, and then also you can go to our GitHub there. We also, also you can follow us on Twitter at, at stackerdowlabs. Um, where we will post kind of like any any updates in the future. Great. Well, thank you guys. And thanks for everyone listening and uh, staying on. Um, I appreciate it. I know uh, there's probably some other good conversations kicking off. So, um, you know, definitely follow uh, Chris and Orlando um, and all the folks who ask great questions. And I hope to continue to see great conversations around us. Uh, we'll have another one next week. And um, yeah, hope to see more of you then.